In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to the Layman Confessor Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today. We get to talk about the importance of preserving and encouraging one another as churchmen, uh, that is, church members, uh, the importance of being in community with one another. This is the fourth episode in the churchmanship series, and um, as I did in the last episode, I want to start off today with a prayer of intercession, again, for all of those who are victims of the uh, pride mentality, those things that are um, being celebrated during this month. It is June 2023, and uh, there's much to be praying about. Uh, I would like to use this opportunity again to invite you to pray along with me, uh, to intercede with me on behalf of all of those who have been victimized, who are suffering, uh, and who will likely suffer from this kind of mentality. Uh, Let's stand up for people. Let's uh, be... um, Let's let's be men and women who are willing to stand in the gap on behalf of God's creation and um, to seek the good of one another um, by encouraging people to be who God created them to be, including their sex, uh, including uh, their mind and their bodies. And um, so this this is a prayer for justice. And um, so if you would, please take a moment uh, to pray with me. Uh, If you would, please um, quiet yourselves, quiet your environment if you're able to, so that we can go before the Lord now uh, in prayer for uh, His justice, which is good and right. So let's pray. Our Lord, may justice flow like a river reaching barren lands and sun-scorched deserts. Where people feel forgotten and hopeless, let your water of life comfort them. Where children lie abandoned or abused, let your water of life protect them. Where communities suffer at the hands of prejudice, let your water of life shield them. Lord, we ask for a mighty downpour from heaven. May your sons and daughters hear your voice. May we live as you lead us to live. Go as you bid us to go. Serve as you inspire us to serve. Give as you teach us to give. Until the earth is covered with glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Thank you for for joining me during that. Um, Again, if, uh, if you are so led to fast as we pray, during this month, I encourage you to do so. Um, I found such joy and uh, and comfort during during fasting, as difficult as it is, and it is it is difficult. I'm not pretending here, um, and it can be frustrating. And I've learned that there are some things that I just I, I can't physically fast from um, for for whatever reason. But uh, I I just love fasting. Oh my goodness! Let's let's talk about the spiritual disciplines sometime. If y'all if y'all are up for that, let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hey, so today we are looking at uh, our role as preservers um, in in the church as churchmen and women. 
Particularly, we are going to be focusing on preservation and encouragement uh, of one another. In the next episode, we're going to be looking at affirmation for one another, affirming um, who we are and and so forth. And that's going to tie in directly with what's going on during Pride Month, I think. Um, And it's going to draw on everything that we're talking about today. So this episode and next Tuesday's episodes are going to tie in together uh, really well. At At least I hope so. That's my intention. And so let's let's just get to it now. Um, first of all, we were, we're told in Scripture that we need to be uh, living in communities, right? Uh, we're told not to neglect the, the gathering of believers, as some are wont to do. And um, we're part of what the author of Hebrews calls a communion of saints or, or this cloud of witnesses. And Paul talks about this as well. Uh, many of the church fathers do as well. And it's on that topic, actually, the church fathers that I want to talk, share just a moment about regarding my own testimony. Now, I've grown up and I grew up in the church. I was raised in the church and I am utterly grateful for that. Um, for a short time when I was in the army, I was fairly intentional about not living a a godly lifestyle. I don't know if I didn't consider myself a Christian, uh, but I was doing, there was a lot of need in my life. There was a lot of, um, there's a lot I was going through because of some things in the army. And I I was looking for answers. I knew I could find those things, those answers in God's Word, but I was consciously choosing not to. So there's a lot about the younger son and uh, the prodigal son that I identify with because of that. I was running off into um, famished lands, uh, sleeping with pigs and uh, and eating their their morsels um, when I could have been in the arms of my father. But one of the things that God was faithful in using to bring me back to himself, right? Again, the story of the prodigal son, he's running out to me, right? Um, praise God. But uh, was a book that my brother gave me called Four Witnesses. And uh, this book is uh, about the early church fathers. And uh, in the, the words of the early church fathers, it focused on Clement of Rome, Ignatius of Antioch, Justin Martyr, and Irenaeus of Lyons. And uh, what's wonderful is we're talking about first and second century uh, church fathers here. And um, it's all in their own words. It's talking about the early church. And uh, what I found so fascinating about this book I had yet to come back fully into the church at this point. As I'm reading these words, these these are men who knew the disciples. Some of them did anyway. And um, they knew, what, secondhand, I guess, of the resurrection of of Jesus' earthly ministry. And they are walking in these truths, establishing aspects of the church. Um, encouraging and strengthening the body of believers. And it was through this, this started a whole long line of really excited and oftentimes heated research into the early church fathers and some of the desert fathers and mothers for me during that period. And the reason it was so incredible for me and still is 
because it showed me the true historicity of scripture. Uh, you know, having grown up in the church, I, I, I took script, the reality of what scripture spoke about as given for, for granted. And I think that's a good thing. But the fact that it, it's not just some metaphysical, ethereal document that was handed down, but was but was written um, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by real people and was recording real events and that, that real people were involved in its preservation and in, in the spread of the gospel. Like that's what the, the study of the early church and the early church fathers did for me. I mean, it was, it just blew my mind and, and it really brought the reality of everything home to me. And I'm just so thankful to my brother for for giving me this book or recommending this book. I don't even know why I read it. I think it was just a purely academic um, interest in uh, what was going on during the early church. And it turned into uh, this absolute beautiful encouragement uh, to me in my Christian walk. And I think was sort of the final nail that brought me back into the church. Um, so, and, and I mentioned that in, in co- the context of this discussion, because those men of the early church, those women, uh, the the desert mothers, the desert fathers, and the early church fathers, um, they are as much a part of our community of faith as Abraham was, as the person sitting next to you at church is. Right? When we talk about the church, at least the invisible church, we're talking about all of the believers. Uh, who will be with Christ in eternity, um, all of them in in history past, all of them living now, and all of them in the future that we have yet to meet. And so uh, it's important for us to, I, I believe, to to look at these early church fathers, the, the early um, desert fathers and mothers, and to glean from them because we can learn from them in the same way that we can learn um, from that little old lady that plays piano at church, you know, um, to that, to that, as, as much as we can learn from that old couple that have lived a quiet life together for 60 plus years. And, um, as much as we can learn from the little children in, in children's church or who are scry- crying and throwing fits and, oh my goodness, I wish y'all could have, well, I'm glad you weren't, but in a way, I wish you could have been in church with my family this this past Sunday because it was a beautiful lesson in sanctification and being a parent. But I want to remind us here when we're talking about the communion of saints is it's important to understand that it is God that preserves us, right? We are a part of Christ's body. He is our head. Um, He is our bridegroom, which means he is caring for us. He is, he is protecting and loving us. He is making us secure to himself. Um, we do, of course, have responsibilities uh, within that body. And uh, I want to touch on uh, just three passages to help um, sort of show us what some of these tasks, some of these roles may look like for us. And so the first one I want to look at is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And this says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, I referenced that earlier, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
The day approaching has been interpreted a couple of different ways. It could be Christ returning or some tribulation that's coming uh, instead. Regardless of what it is, I love this forward-looking purpose in how we in, are called to interact with one another in this passage, right? Spurring one, an one another on toward love and good deeds, right? In, that is like calling each other to account to pursue those things that God has called us to, right? So um, those times that we're discouraged, those times that we don't want to serve in whatever capacity God has gifted us for serving in, uh, having someone in our life who is able to come alongside us and say, listen, you've been called to this. God has encouraged you and strengthened you to serve his church in this purpose. Keep going, right? Uh, if you're not a distance runner, that's fine. Um, but I... I am, and one of the things that really benefits me uh, from running distance, um, especially in my spiritual walk, is the fact that I, I get tired, right? You, you get tired once you get a couple of miles into a run. And when you have several more to go, um, it's easy to want to give up. But neat, having something in mind that keeps me going uh, is, is such, I mean, it's a, a priceless gift. And this is what we have in the community of believers. Someone there who's able to say, keep going. Even if you have to slow down for a while, keep going. Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, meaning we need to be in community. We need to be, as they say, doing life together. We need to be, um, uh, putting forethought into how we might do this too. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. Um, that's an interesting phrase, right? Let's, let's think about, let's take some time and think about ways that you can encourage believers in your congregation, those people that you're going to be shaking hands with this coming Sunday. What are things that you can do to encourage them in the gifts that God has given them to serve the body, to serve uh, their family, to serve their spouse, uh, the community that they work with, whatever it is. Think about that. And, and as you go to church this weekend, follow through, right? Find those people. Tell them, you, you are incredibly gifted. Thank you for the way that you serve this community. What can I do to help you? How can I be praying for you over the next couple of weeks as you prepare to, to serve us again in this way? I'm, I am uh, getting to know some of the worship leaders at our church. And, uh, you know, this is I'm, I'm preaching to myself here as well. And I'm really excited and hope, hoping to be able to run into them again uh, this Sunday before worship begins so that I can say, tell them thank you for what they've done and encourage them um, in in the gifts that God has given them and, and what they're doing also in, in other parts because they're, they're involved in a few other ministries here locally as well. The second passage, and wow, we, you know what? We're here. We are at 15 minutes. I am I am going to be faithful to my my attempt to keep it to 15 minutes. So what I'm going to do, we talked about 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 13. Or no, no, I'm sorry. We talked about Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. So I'm going to leave you with that. And let's talk about Psalm 31, 24 next time. And God willing, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. So let me leave you again 
with the encouragement that we're given from the author of Hebrews here in chapter 10, which he says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The king will return and we are called to serve him here and now. So let us be mindful. Let us be intentional about seeking ways to strengthen and encourage one another, even if, or perhaps especially if, that one another is your spouse and it's the end of the day and you're exhausted from whatever work you're doing and he or she's exhausted because they've been doing work and you have kids and all you want to do is watch television. What's something that you can do to encourage one another, to refresh one another to the work that God has called you to in your family? Brother or sister, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Praise be to God.